Oh yeah. Canceled too soon. A podcast. Podcast. About TV. Television shows. That were. That were very, very short. Canceled too soon. One season or less. Oh yeah. This week on Canceled Too Soon. The Muppets. The Muppets. Sexy Muppets. With special guest Alonzo Duralde. Greetings, audience, and welcome back to Cancel Too Soon, the podcast where we review television series that lasted only one season, maybe even less. We need uh, Don Pardo, I think, to do that introduction. We'll, we'll get him. Yeah. We'll get him. Uh, my name is William Bibiani. I'm a film critic for Crave Online, uh, Blumhouse.com, and co-host of the B-Movies podcast, From Whence We Hail. Uh, my name is Whitney Seibold. I, I am also wincing hailing from the B-Movies podcast. I also contribute to Blumhouse.com and Legion of Leia. And, uh, and we are um, very, uh, we're very excited because we have our first guest uh, on the show, on this and, particular show. And wouldn't you know it, it's Alonzo Duralde. <laughs> it is Alonzo Duralde of Linoleum Knife. Uh, linoleumknife.com linoleum-knife.com linoleum-knife.com and, and Alonzo Alonzo is just a little horse today I'm so committed to the bit that I sound like a Muppet this week it sounds like we someone <laughs> bio, like genetically modified you and like put you and Dave in the same body could be yeah <laughs> well, I'm, I'm cosplaying Harvey Firestein ah Harvey Firestein um, <laughs> so this week on the uh, uh, linoleum knife this week on Cancel Too Soon. You almost said Linoleum I did almost say it. I did say Linoleum This week on Cancel Too Soon, we are taking... It's a couple of cool things. One, it's the newest show we've ever done. It's a show that's just been canceled very, very, very recently. Canceled, like... It was only announced that it was canceled, I think, in two May. or three weeks ago. Yeah, in May. From this yeah. recording. Yeah, about three weeks ago uh, from the time we record. A little later by the time you're hearing it at home. Uh, it is a request... And it is a request of Alonzo Duralde's because as soon as it was canceled, I just heard a ping on my phone, and it said the Muppets got canceled. We have to do this podcast, and here well, which, indeed we are. Which is a risk because sometimes shows are canceled and then they change their mind and bring them back. Yeah, so. like they'll pop up on Netflix or something. But I think the Muppets but is it, pretty resoundingly canceled because it's a Disney show. Yeah, it's not like a Sony or somebody's going to swat it and straight up. It's the Muppets, so they'll probably come back at some point. But I think this iteration is probably probably pretty dead for all things considered. Yeah. To, be, to be fair, it lasted longer than Muppets Tonight. Yes! Uh, which, which we'll have to talk about at some point. A show I also liked. <laughs> uh, it was actually, yeah, it was a pretty good show, but it lasted ten episodes back in 1997, I think, around there. And I have most, if not all of them, on VHS. Beautiful. Nicely done. So Alonzo is, again, Alonzo is a little under the weather. Uh, we are not abusing him. He is not... No, I'm here voluntarily. He was, we, I gave, we gave him an out. He is here. He is sucking down tea. Hopefully his voice will get a little better. We're a little worried about him. But... Uh, <laughs> Hopefully, talking about a show that uh, really, really excites him will will make his day better. I have always been a Muppets fan, and I was a fan of this iteration. I was even a fan of this iteration 2.0 when they went back to the drawing board to try to switch it up. Mm. Um, it was already working for me, but then they changed it, and the changes I thought were also great. So I was really annoyed that they didn't give this show another shot. Now, so the Muppets, okay, so the Muppets were created by Jim Henson late, well, uh, they sort of trickled in, because he created Rolf originally, right. and then created a few others, and then eventually the sort of coalesced, became the Muppets, 
They were on Saturday Night Live for a little while. Everyone on Saturday Night Live hated them, so they stopped being on Saturday Night well, Live. I, I mean, uh, he started doing TV stuff with commercials all the way back to the 50s. And then, obviously, the debut of Sesame Street in the late 60s really kind of put them into the public consciousness. Yeah. They did have that one disastrous season on Saturday Night Live, which is worth pointing out because a lot of the objections that people had to this version was that it was too adult, as though the Muppets had always been a children's thing. And that's not true. Yeah. Uh, and when you finally get to the Muppet show, that was a problem. Primetime show that was watched by a lot of adults, and absolutely. But it was—it's still considered very kid-friendly. There's really nothing yeah, on yeah. it. There's there's not even much innuendo to speak of uh, uh, in the original Muppet Show until you get to this new version. Well, but, no, but uh, even then, like there are a few uh, saucy jokes in the first Muppet movie. The saucy true. for the Muppets, anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, what there were references I to, here and there. I wanted to ask Alonso, uh, since you watched more television in the '70s than. William and I did. Because you weren't born yet. Uh, he had at least one year in the 70s. Two, two years. Two oh, there years you go. He was two. But, so uh, he saw some TV. Go on. The Muppet Show was a variety show. Correct. It was, and, a, it was a syndicated show because Henson couldn't get any of the networks to pick up on it. Mm-hmm. So he went to England and made it for um, ITC, which was run by Lord Lou Grade, which is why the Orson Welles character at the end of the Muppet movie is Lou Lord. Oh, okay. I didn't well, know that. That's well, it's falling into place now. Yeah, so he, he went and made, he made them up a show. They sold it as a syndicated program, and it became a giant hit. Uh, and lasted when, for a few seasons, three seasons, three seasons. Uh, it, when it came out, variety show like variety shows was it always took its mold from like the Lawrence Welk show and that sort of. Idiom. There was a Were there a lot of variety shows on at the time, oh God, or was it a throwback? There was a ton of variety in the 70s. That was okay. sort of the apex of that moment. You know, you had like Sonny and Cher and Tony Orlando and Dawn and the Captain and Tennille, and they all got variety shows. Brady Bunch had a variety show. Brady Bunch had we'll a variety show. We'll get to that eventually. We'll, we'll get to that. We, we, have, we have a special <laughs> guest lined up for that one, too. But yeah, so you know, usually an hour long, and it would be songs and comedy sketches, and then there would be a guest who would come out and do like their hit or whatever. So the deal with the Muppets was every week they had a different celebrity and if that person was a singer there would be more singing that week. If it was a comedian there would be more comedy stuff. But it was about that guest interacting with the Muppets as we knew them as characters. And, you know, they went to interesting directions. I mean, they had Muppenshans, for Christ's sake. (laughs) I remember I saw an episode where Paul Williams came on and sang That's the Hell of It from Phantom of the Paradise, which is dark, and there were nice. demons dancing around, <laughs> yeah. and they're like, what the hell? I mean, Alice oh, wait, Cooper no, I like, showed up. And, I think yeah, they yeah. something else for that. It was the 70s. Regardless. It was the 70s. <laughs> it was glorious. I, I love the episode where, uh, uh, with Vincent Price, where oh, yeah. Kermit, Kermit grows, grows the vampire teeth and bites him on the neck. It's That's a good one. I'll tell you, the, the story yeah. is that the first try that Henson made at doing this kind of show, this is the first special that I remember being uh, allowed to stay up for and it's never been released on video they don't have it at the Paley I'm dying to see it again it's this thing called Out to Lunch and the premise was that everybody at ABC had gone out to lunch and left all the (laughs) studios open and so all the cast of Sesame Street and of the electric company came in and did like sketches and songs and stuff and I think like Elliot Gould and Barbara Eden were the special (laughs) guest stars I'm dying to see this again (laughs) if you have it please send it to these guys I'm dying to see this thing again. Oh I was God. seven when it aired. <laughs> Send it to us, bmoviespodcast at gmail.com. We'll figure it out. Uh, so, so okay. So, anyway. The Muppets. Many, many a hit film. Yeah, uh, off the air in 70... Should have done the research. Okay, but then uh, there was it was on TV a couple more times after that. We had The Muppet Babies, which right. I grew up with. 
I remember liking. I've tried watching it since, and holy God, was it not good. Well, The Muppet Babies was a spinoff from a segment from The Muppets Take Manhattan where yes, they, they yes. did this flashback where we saw them as babies, and then yes, they did an animated yeah. version of that and invented some new characters, including Skeeter, Scooter's twin sister, who we have not heard from since. No. So she, my guess Skeeter's? is she met some kind of dark end. She died. Just don't talk about her she anymore. She died horribly. She's in a parallel universe with Charlotte Braun from <laughs> Peanuts. Well, she moved, she moved out when Ken <laughs> moved in. Um, and uh, so, so then that happened, and then uh, they went over to Disney... Disney yeah. started exploiting it. I'm skipping a bunch of stuff because well, we want to get to the show. And, and Henson died. They went over to Disney. Henson died. They went over to Disney. They made some good movies. The Muppet Christmas Carol is great. Mm. You, you're a huge fan I, of Treasure I Island. I love Muppet Treasure Island. That's um, terrific. And then a few years ago, the, 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 the Muppets had... Then they tried... That's when they tried Muppets Tonight. Was, yes. was yeah. shortly after Muppet Treasure Island. In any case, a few years ago, uh, people realized that the Muppets had kind of plateaued. They were permanently in popular culture, but there hadn't been a proper Muppet thing in a while. And so uh, Jason Siegel and James Bobin decided to do a new Muppets movie in kind of the spirit of the original. In fact, ripping off the plot of the original Muppet movie as far <laughs> as they could. New songs from the guy, one of the guys behind Flight of the Concords. Brett McKenzie. Uh, great new songs. Oscar winning song. Uh, with the Muppets, that was fun. Then they did a sequel, uh, which had an opening song called Muppets Again, and then they ended up changing the title just before it came out so that it didn't make sense anymore. Uh, but that movie's uh, charming enough. And then they brought them back to TV under the auspices of producers Bill Prady from The Big Bang Theory, who also got to start with Jim Henson, and Bob Cushel from Third Rock from the Sun, and of course, Samantha Who. And who could forget Samantha Who? Who? Actually, uh, I know people who defend that show. I've never seen. I've it. I've never seen it either. And it's just a good. It was a good name to write down. Gotcha. And, it, it, and said, it sounds funny. The the 2015 show, it should be said, does not fall in line with the new movies at all because uh, I guess it well, conceivably could. I had a but th- the character of Walter is nowhere to be seen, and uh, they don't true. really talk about their experiences. They don't talk a lot about and, their past. They, they obviously they have a past, but mm. they don't. They're not too specific about what they've done. Well, and we have to start delineating sort of the the layers of reality within the Muppets. Because when you meet Kermit the Frog, you meet Kermit the Frog. But within the movies, Kermit the Frog is always sort of playing a character named Kermit the Frog, and there's sort of a fictionalized version of what the Muppets are up to, whereas the TV shows purport to be sort of their... The real Muppets well, and kind some, of behind And the sometimes scenes. the movies do as well. The Muppet movie opens with the Muppets watching the movie they just made that you're mm-hmm. about to watch. True. But the, uh, the whole of the movie is fictionalized. For a long time I had a theory that the only Muppet movie that was quote-unquote real, that mm-hmm. wasn't the fictional one, was actually Muppets from Muppet, Outer Space. Muppets from Space, yeah. Because Muppets from Space, if my memory had served, never broke the fourth wall. Mm-hmm. Was the only one that never referenced the fact that they were a movie, and then I rewatch it again, and they do it once right at the end. <laughs> it's one joke when when uh, when uh, uh, oh, the two kids from uh, Dawson's Creek are on it, Katie Holmes and uh, Josh Joshua Jackson. Joshua Jackson. They do it, and then they mention the fact that they're on Dawson's Creek, completely ruining this beautiful fan theory forever. Well, they're just playing themselves. That's fine. They could no, 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 because they they were playing their characters and they referred to the thing. Uh, it, okay. Trust me, it doesn't work. Let I was go, so man. bummed too. <laughs> so this is so the premise of the Muppets uh, is, is twofold. The actual plot mm-hmm. 
is the Muppets get a new show from ABC, and they do uh, a talk show starring Miss Piggy. Called Up Late with Miss Piggy. Kind of the only late night talk show hosted by a woman, so that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. The other premise is that they're Unless doing... Unless you count Chelsea lately. Well, okay, now you have to... On the network. Network, though, sure, network yes. show. Uh, and then the other gimmick is that they're doing it like The Office, where it's they're making a fictional documentary that presumably one day will actually be released, but in actuality, people will spend a whole decade shooting and then never make. Yeah. I always piss me off about The Office. When are you coming out with this documentary? And and they also borrowed the sense of humor from The Office in that it's all about workplace angst and pathos and how these people are kind of suffering in the workplace. I don't know about angst. I think that makes it sound a little darker than it is, but it's about their personal lives more than most of the other Muppet movies, except Mm. maybe The Muppets with Jason Segel, Mm. which actually did have some serious romantic... You know, they actually, there was actually, my favorite scene in that movie is actually just Kermit and Miss Piggy go for a walk and talk about their feelings. <laughs> and I was like, I never really got that, their relationship before. I never even, I never even knew for, for certain until that movie mm-hmm. if Kermit even liked Miss Piggy. <laughs> she, sometimes she came across like a stalker. Mm-hmm. And here it's just like, no, they just have a complicated relationship and they perpetuate that here. So I want to start here because this is the thing that I think turned a lot of people off from the show right from the get-go and probably kind of shot it in the foot before it even got started. Um, one of the first things they announced for the movie or for the show mm-hmm. uh, was that Kermit and Miss Piggy had broken up. Yes. Right. Controversial. Mm-hmm. What were your thoughts on that, Alonzo? Well, you know, I figured it gave them a starting point. Um, you know, I'm reminded of in the TV show episodes, these uh, British TV creators come over to the States to do a new version of their show. And um, in the British version, it was a sort of prickly relationship between a studly, between a teacher and a lesbian uh, librarian. And in the US, when they have to make her into a love interest because British TV seasons last six episodes and American ones last 20, yeah. you've <laughs> got to give yourself avenues Mm -hmm. so I figured that was at least giving them a place to go and either get them back together or figure out why they shouldn't be together but it it, it was a as a launching pad it was at least offered you know options Mm -hmm. yeah I I, and I get it from a dramatic perspective and actually I was fine with that I just thought well that's not gonna last Mm -hmm. obviously but people were very passionate about it for two reasons One's mostly just funny, which is because uh, you know the whole idea is not only did Kermit break up with his piggy, but now Kermit's dating someone else, and who's someone also wrote, a pig. Uh, who's also a pig. Uh, who's also a pig. Who's also a younger and thinner pig, which I recall was the biggest controversy. <laughs> he's, 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 he's someone's made it. Someone's made it. Was was she? Yeah. She reminded me of Alice from The Critic, actually. Just the sort of go-getter Southern Belle who yeah. was kind of naive and. Well, someone tweeted that. I wish, I'd him, I wish I'd give him credit. Whoever mm. it is, you did that. Uh, <laughs> someone was like, stop making us think about what, who the Muppets are fucking. Yeah. <laughs> like, just stop it. We don't want to... It was already weird enough well, with Gonzo and Camilla. That, we don't that's what somebody told me. that they Before the show even started, there was a TV spot that had like... Um, uh, Nathan uh, Fillion coming out of Miss Piggy's trailer like with his clothes disheveled. Oh, yeah. Dear. And they were like, I'm not watching this. Yeah. <laughs> They're already out. Before <laughs> the show even came out, there was like a 10 minute pilot that they showed at Comic Con and then ended up being online. And one of the things was Miss Piggy was macking on Topher Grace. Mm. Hot Topher Grace. And Topher Grace was into it. He was like, oh man, I'm going to get me some more of that tonight. Well, but, you know. That, that happened periodically in, like, the movies and stuff. Yeah. Human people would come on to Muppets and, and vice versa. Yeah, I remember... So uh, this this does not bother me. It doesn't bother me either. Uh, what, what did bother me... Yes. ...was they, they changed the fundamental joke of the Muppets, and indeed of American TV. This was very British. 
uh, you know, if you look at the original The Office, it was originally a British show. Mm-hmm. And the the underlying joke of all British sort of ensemble dramas is that all of the characters, even though they're really civil, secretly hate one another. That they, they're just biding their time before they can murder somebody or get away. And that's kind of where all of the humor and the tension comes from. It's like, right. I, I'm going to work with you, but I loathe you. And uh, the joke of all American programs, you look at something like The Simpsons, they're kind of losers and they're weirdos, but at the end of the day, they all love each other. And that's kind of the underlying basis of a lot of Muppet stuff, that they're, all, they're always going to be a troop. And Everything change. can be solved by putting on a show. Exactly, right? or singing together, or realizing we're good together. And in at least the first ten episodes of this new version of The Muppets, before right. they change things around a little bit, <laughs> they change that underlying joke, where now all of a sudden all of The Muppets are really uncomfortable with one another, they don't like working together, and they kind of hate each other. I now. never got that impression from That's it. That was overwhelmingly the impression hey, I got I, from I, this I mean, you mentioned it, yes, that's there, but it didn't... Mm-hmm didn't strike me as being a problem. What I thought was kind of unusual, and again, I like all the episodes of this show, so it wasn't a deal breaker, was that usually the Muppets were portrayed as coming from a position of scrappy, you know, mm-hmm. get, like, you know. Underdogs. Uh, yeah, underdogs, exactly. The, the Muppet show was always set in this decrepit theater, and you never knew who was in the audience besides Statler and Waldorf, <laughs> you know, and uh, uh, even like the, 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 the Muppets, the, the, the Nicholas uh, Stoller, or, wh- or whatever, the, you know, the, the 2011 Jason Segel one, they were at least trying to get it all back together and that kind of thing. And this one, when you put them in a network TV setting, it's like, okay, you, you've kind of made it then. <laughs> so what are you complaining about? Yeah, well, I, I do want to go back real fast because I think what, I think the other thing beyond was, the, the cynicism, mm. um, and it has to do with, honestly, it has to do with that element, the idea that they're no longer scrappy underdogs, the idea that Kermit and Miss Piggy weren't together again, is this sort of fan mentality where we want every we want the status quo to always stay the same Mm -hmm. but then if it stays the same we get annoyed and then if we change it we get mad and then we get happy when the status quo comes back that's that's the cycle isn't it yeah (laughs) captain america is um, is an agent of hydra apparently oh no my childhood has been ruined Mm. he'll be back in four issues (laughs) the hell down and this was the same issue and in fact the muppets this new show Mm. had, in many respects, what I think was the same problem that the Gem and the Holograms movie had, which the idea was, we're going to take the status quo that you liked. We're going to take Kermit and Piggy together. The Muppets have a proper variety show, which they gradually evolve into over the course (laughs) of the series. Uh, And we're going to make that the destination mm-hmm. and not the starting point. Much like Gem and the Hologram said, all that crazy stuff you like, that's the destination, oh. that's not the starting point. And because you can't really pitch, you can't really sell people on the end of something. Mm-hmm. You have to sell people on the beginning of it, and the beginning of it doesn't match the vision they have of the Muppets in their head. Well, a lot of people were like, well, that doesn't seem like the Muppets to me, and mm-hmm. they didn't really watch all that. Well, I, I don't think they had the goal of eventually coming back around when they started the show. I think they kind of changed their tune partway through. I think they probably would have kept Miss Piggy and Kermit away from each other longer, but come on, you don't break them up at the beginning without getting them back together. No, not necessarily. I think that was the point of the program, and it was it was ten episodes in, uh, they changed the showrunner to, I forgot the uh, I, name. Her name is Kristen Newman from That 70s Show and Gallivant. Right, and uh, she when that change happened, I, I started to like the show a lot more. Not that I disliked it before. I sure. actually was, was <laughs> laughing a lot. And I, I love uh, Uncle Deadly, and I love um, Carl. Big, big Angry Carl. Big Angry Carl. Those yeah. were two fantastic <laughs> characters. Pepe. Pepe's always been well, fantastic. Pepe started but. in Muppets Tonight, actually. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. But Uncle Deadly's been around since the original Muppet show. 
Yeah, but not this prominently. I know, but uh, like Uncle but Deadly like, didn't really show up like as a real character until Muppets from Space when he was one of like no, Je- Jeffrey Tambor's underlings. Was he was he one of Jeffrey Tambor's underlings? I think I, I think he, he and Bobo a... were underlings for Jeffrey Tambor as well as Chris Cooper in Oh, in I don't I don't remember Muppet, that yeah. that part of. But my point is that there's a lot of the Muppets here who came in here kind of obscure. Like mm. Chip the IT guy <laughs> apparently was around a long time ago, but mm. damn if I remember him. Uh, Yolanda. Yolanda Yo- was around. Yeah, Yolanda okay. was around. Yeah, Yolanda was a was I remember wasn't she in Muppets Take Manhattan? I think oh, she was all, one of the all the rats showed up in oh, Muppets. But I think she was yeah. specifically as a character because she was one of the waitresses at the diner. Oh, there oh, you go. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. The Muppets Take Manhattan is the uh, uh, is the Muppet movie I saw first, mm-hmm. and to the extent that I'd seen it so many times that when I finally saw the Muppet movie, I'm like, well, this is just a ripoff of Muppets Take Manhattan. Which is <laughs> Came out two movies later. Yeah, I, I remember I was working at a movie theater my senior year in high school when Muppet Take Manhattan came out. And one night, my friend Matt and I, who were both working there, like after we got we're off the clock, we kind of snuck into Muppets Take Manhattan. <laughs> it was cool to go see that, but we were dying to see it. Um, okay, so where do we? Where, I guess where do we? Where do we begin here? Because well, I feel the, like when when they when they started the show. What was up late with Miss Piggy's, like, most closely modeled after? Like, uh, the Leno show. The, the Tonight Show. Yeah, yeah. it was like yeah. The Tonight Show, but yeah. she always sang with the people. You know, Miss Piggy was the egotist that she's always known yeah. to be. Right. And uh, when the, the showrunner, the new showrunner came in, they changed it a lot to something a little bit more uh, Letterman-ish, yeah. where it was a lot more broad and wacky, and they had a lot, like, a broad it variety was, of They were going for more Jimmy Fallon-like viral moments and that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, another problem with the early part of the season, I will say, uh, structurally, is that Miss Piggy was on another the other side of the wall from everybody else. Yeah. Like, mm. you, she was unapproachable, she was in her dressing room, she was a pain in the ass, and so, like, she never encountered the other Muppets or yeah. very rarely. Indeed, yeah. one, one, of the, one of the episodes, the plot, is that she realizes that she doesn't have any friends. Right. She yeah. has to go to, like, spinning ribbon classes to... to uh, aerial silks. Aerial silks. Aerial silks. Yes. yes. <laughs> <And then laughs> to she, pick up friends. Yeah. Uh, so there's that. There's that. I also just think it took a while for them to find, like, the humor in it a little bit because they really relied way too much on those office gags yeah. for the first few episodes. And then around episode five, it seemed like it was getting to a groove. And then episode seven, which is actually my favorite episode, that's the episode where Kermit... Uh, basically just has kind of like a panic attack and they make him go to a retreat for his stress. Oh, right. Yeah. And he realizes that even though he's stressed out, he doesn't want to be anything else because putting on shows is what he does. That's yeah. his identity and all he really, really needs. And it ends with him uh, in... He, he just turned his backyard into a swamp more like home and it's just like basically the opening shot from the Muppet movie with him and and the banjo here's here's the thing it was great and it brought a tear to my eye the rainbow connection is a cheap shot (laughs) (laughs) was it weird you crack that out you crack that out and everybody starts crying in any circumstance one of the things that was weird is that the rainbow connection they repeatedly mm-hmm. say what Miss Piggy and Kermit's song is, mm-hmm. and it's not Rainbow Connection. It's You Are the Sunshine of My Life. Was, was that ever a thing before? Or did they just make that one up because they didn't want to use pay for Rainbow Connection all the time? I think that's a new one. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I, that, that, that one was weird mm-hmm. to me. But, um, but yeah, Jason Bateman's in that one, right? In the one, yeah, yeah, in the one I like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's at the uh, stress... 
retreat as well, and he's constantly trying to like hit Kermit up for his mad producer connections because his daughter is putting on like a, a school talent show or something, and so he's just like, I need someone who'll do costumes for free, and it's like, oh well, okay, this guy will do it for free. He just wants credit in the in the uh, in the brochures, and it's like, oh, I need a brochure guy. Like, <laughs> Everyone's really what I love. Are, I love. There's so many great cameos throughout the history of the Muppets, and and bless them. One of the best things the Muppets, the new show, does so well is a lot of great cameos. Every so, episode has some really great cameos. Some which don't make sense. It's like, mm-hmm. and I'm proud to be a pig. I'm going to show off my tail, and now Joan Jet for yeah. no reason. <laughs> Joan Jet comes out and lip syncs "Bad Reputation." That's one of the cool singing. things is that you can bring people in for completely randomly, mm-hmm. but every once in a while they'll play a version of themselves that is just awful. Reese Witherspoon. Bless Reese Witherspoon. She comes on, and it seems like it's going to be really kind to Reese Witherspoon. She's donating all of her time to Habitat for Humanity, and then she ends up turning into like a raging bitch, like fighting Miss Piggy over publicity. And it's really funny. Mm. It's really, really. I'm trying. What were were some of the better cameos? Uh, I, I like the Kristen Chenoweth episode. I thought that one was pretty funny. Where she she <laughs> ends up getting ending. yeah she she ends up getting in a van with uh, the, Elect- uh, Doctor uh, Teeth, Doctor Teeth and Electric Mayhem yeah. and uh, start tries to give them advice as to sort of how to how to live a little bit better. And they ended up arguing and leaving her on the side of the road in the middle oh, of right. the desert. <laughs> and we never with, find out what with, happens with to her. nothing she prob- more than a bag of funyuns. <laughs> she probably died. Um, uh, who do they go to karaoke with? It's um, is oh, it uh, Ed Helms. Ed Helms. Yeah, Ed Helms is funny. <laughs> Ed Helms is a good one. Uh, uh, Nick Offerman has a bit where he like demands like really exorbitant things from the production staff. Uh, um, I-, I liked the Liam Hemsworth cameo. Oh, yes. Gonzo has been <laughs> has been online dating, but he's been using Liam Hemsworth picture, and so he's about to meet her for the first time, and he enlists Liam Hemsworth, but Liam Hemsworth likes her more, so he just says he's <laughs> That's a great gag. That's a legitimately good... I liked uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who initially comes in just to do a number with Miss Piggy, mm. but then he hangs around to play poker with Rizzo and Pepe, uh-huh. and then we find out that like he, he was acting like he was bad at poker, and then they find out that he just sharks them, uh-huh. and not only does he say, it's called and then he grabs all the money on the table and says, give me all that Muppet money! And he runs out. And that's a great line for anyone to get to say. Give me all that Muppet money. Dave Grohl has a drum-off with Animal that you know Dave Grohl. That was a childhood dream. He's he's been wanting to do that for a while. And I think it's a tie. Well, it's like when Superman and the Flash race. I think the was a time. <laughs> I think when when Weezer did their music video with the Muppets in that sort of low period oh, when they weren't a, doing anything. Yeah, uh, they did the song Pork and Beans, and uh, I, I think Dave Grohl watched that music video and said, "No way! I no. I should have done I want, that. I wanted to do that. My initial thought was, has <clears throat> Dave Grohl done this before? And I I thought maybe he was in one of the movies in a cameo, but I don't think so. I don't think so. Oh, no, he was. So. He was in uh, The Muppets, and he was, like, one of the evil Muppets. The Muppets. Wasn't he, like, one of the Muppets? That's right. Oh. He was in He was in the uh, knockoff mm. band that... Uh, yeah, that, Vegas that, or Reno yeah, or whatever. Fozzie, yeah. I think, was touring around. Actually, that's a, that brings up a good point. There's a lot of Muppets in this show, but not everyone shows up. Uh, mm. Someone show up later. Camilla, uh, the chicken, Gonzo's girlfriend. The, they... Everyone advertised that Miss Piggy and Kermit broke up. I was way more upset to find out that Gonzo and Camilla had broken up. Because <laughs> that is a whew, mm. that is a relationship that like proves there's someone out there for everybody. Well, and, and it's every, every pot has a lid. Yeah. Well, it makes you wonder what Gonzo's mm. 
lid is. Um, the, the thing that I, I was, was going, <laughs> I was just upset. The, the whole Fozzie thing was just upsetting to me. I, I didn't. I didn't they the whole, that he was dating Nikki Lindholm. That he was dating like Nikki Lindholm. This whole subplot. Everything they did with Fozzie in this show Why? was just wrong. Why? Why was it wrong? Why was it wrong? Well, Fozzie's always been a bit of a, a, a sad character. He's an unfunny comedian who is, you know, fighting to stay on stage, mm-hmm. and nobody ever likes him. But you know, we finally approached this point where. Fozzie kind of realized that people hated him, and it, he, he was such a sad character all of a sudden that I couldn't enjoy watching him I don't anymore. Know. I and they, I his relationship with Ricky Lindholm was like really tenuous, and nobody really approved of it, including well, her parents, which was a little bizarre. Yeah, just, they they doubled down. A lot of the jokes in the pilot mm-hmm. came from this ten minute like pitch reel they did, and they reshot it. Uh-huh. Uh, Ricky Lindholm is actually like a different uh, actress in the in the pilot. Um, But a lot of those things work real fast as sort of like a conceptual idea. But lingering on the, like, parents of Fozzie's young girlfriend who are racist against bears, it was an awkward joke to stretch out for a whole episode, Mm. I think. Oh, oh, look, the bear likes the salmon. It was a funny idea, but yeah, I think it was a little overplayed. But I liked some of the other stuff. Like, I liked where he goes off to the country to write yeah. I thought that was a funny oh, episode. Uh, yeah, everyone thinks he's a he's a he's an actual bear, yes. and so they run away from him. Yeah, when, when he accidentally sends Statler to the hospital, you know that, that was a sweet uh, episode because yeah. that actually like the, that explored the relationship of the comedian and the heckler. Right, because yeah, you yeah, can't yeah. have one without the other. Okay, well you can't have a comedian, <laughs> without a heckler, but you can't have a heckler without a comedian. Right. So there needed to be something there. Mm-hmm. There's some sort of connection, and it was actually kind of sweet. This movie, this movie, I keep saying movie. This show really, really got to me a couple of times. It was actually, like, really endearing and sweet. Like, uh, by the time that, like, Kermit and Miss Piggy were kind of getting back together again at the end of the season, I was really emotionally invested. And not just because, (laughs) in principle, I know they're going to get together. Like, if you do a new Superman TV show, you know Lois and Clark will eventually get together. It wasn't about inevitability. It was that they clearly were happier together. Mm. They clearly had so much of a connection. Like, there's this really sweet one where uh, Kermit's nephew Robin shows up. Oh, right. And mm. Robin, Robin's parents have divorced, which is already, a, a, already erring on the dark, side of yeah. dark yeah. for Muppets. Mm. But then, but he, for whatever reason, Robin hasn't heard that Kermit and Miss Piggy have broken up, or he heard it and thought it was just showbiz rumors and lies. <laughs> so they decide to perpetuate the myth, and they seem so happy. Like, Miss Piggy's actually, like, really excited to see Robin... You know, and she's like mm. super supportive and sweet. I, the the last the, the back six episodes of the show, they're not a huge difference. It's a little bit of a change in tone. Miss Piggy gets more involved. They I, have this I, ongoing subplot about the network trying to change the show and make it more mm. commercial. Which sounds like it would just be unbearably meta, but is actually really funny. It works, especially because the main network executive is played by June Diane Raphael, who I think is a genius. Yeah. <laughs> so, but it gives it a little bit of. I hesitate to say an arc, but it gives it some forward momentum. Well, it, it makes and it, it feels it, like a show. It gives it more of a serialized structure. It gives us a, a more of a world we can connect with. It has more characters and more sets, and more than just staying within this very confined space where people are kind of sneering at each other. Mm-hmm. Because uh, you know, also near the end, uh, Gonzo, Rizzo, and Pepe got a place together. That's my favorite and, episode where they move into the house together. And, yeah. and all of a sudden, but you know, this also gives us a new set to visit and a new character dynamic, and it, it expanded the show and, in a way that made it feel more like a real TV and it, show. And it allowed weekly viewers to get invested into to the 
relationships more than oh, is the show going to get canceled or whatever mm-hmm. kind of the, the 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 business angle that nobody cares. Of course, about. the right. problem is that that all of that focus mm-hmm. kind of siphoned off the viewers that were could have stayed on and become more invested. And I think this is actually a problem we have with a lot of television, especially now. Mm-hmm. TV is consumed in two ways: weekly or or binging. Binging right. is always after the fact. It's after it's over, or if it's on Netflix, it releases all the episodes at once, and it's fine. But on a serialized format like The Muppets, people want to like see the pilot, be blown away by its Breaking Bad brilliance, <laughs> and then watch as it slowly gets less creative. Whereas a lot of shows, <laughs> a lot of shows, actually, some of the best shows ever made started off okay. And uh, got and better. better and Go better, back yeah. and watch the first eight Thirty Rocks. Yeah, it, it took a while. The, se- the first two seasons of The Simpsons were pretty were pretty spotty. They were cool yeah, at the yeah. time, but they they're nothing compared to even like the contemporary seasons. That not everyone's so hot on. Well, let's uh, let's not bring up s- several of the Star Trek programs. Yeah, uh, Buffy the Vampire mm-hmm. Slayer. First season of that is more of a good idea than a good show. It didn't really get good until season two. Angel didn't get good until the end of season two. Mm-hmm. But no well, one's willing to like stick with it and give it a shot because first couple episodes weren't great. Well, give it a little time to find itself. Well, I've, I've heard it said this way, and I've, I've said this on various shows before, uh, when binging became sort of a, the new TV consumption model, mm-hmm. uh, viewers now all of a sudden could consume an entire season of television in one day, mm-hmm. and that meant they got to see all of the ups and downs and all of the arcs and the big mm-hmm. explosions and the climax all within a confined period. It became a big uh, movie. It became, yeah, it became one gigantic movie. And a weekly show now had to compete with the people who were watching entire seasons worth of drama in one day mm-hmm. and cram all of that incident into a single episode. And all of a sudden, these shows became way too incidental for their own good. We talked about this when we were reviewing Shadowhunters. Uh, which this got, was on. This was not which, on canceled too soon because that got a second season. That got a second season. <laughs> oh my god! Good dog. lord! Uh, Shadow Hunters got a second season. Shadow, the Shadow Muppets There's no every justice. every episode of Shadow Hunters. You know, even though the entire season took place over the course of maybe nine days, you know, all of a sudden we have had like wars and relationships that began and end, and people turning yeah. into werewolves and vampires, and it's like. Slow down, guys. You know, you, yeah. we, we can't get invested when you're moving that. In Shadowhunters, in the first season of Shadowhunters, they do an episode you're not supposed to do till season five. The alternate the reality parallel, episode, universe where episode, everyone's yeah. roles are different and people who are dead are alive again. And I'm like, we're not invested enough. We don't. You haven't been. You haven't been like defined enough mm-hmm. to like when when you switch so, it around, it feels weird. So by by the end of <laughs> the Muppets we finally had kind of the premise and the tone of the show set. And then it was too late. Then it was too late. Exactly. exactly. And I think also people who were, were mainly into the old Muppet show, they were at least now getting sketches and bits and songs mm-hmm. from this Muppet. So they weren't getting at the beginning of the season. The depressing thing is, though, I think the this show only got a complete season because the Muppets are such a brand. Yeah. And, and the potential for it to do well... And, and be successful for Disney made them, like, give it a little more zhuzhing. I think any other show, after the first ten, they would have been like, yeah, it's not working. I'm out. still surprised mm-hmm. they didn't at least try to give it a second season. Like, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. had, like, a huge opening episode, and then it dropped off real fast, because the first mm-hmm. season wasn't very good. It got better, but, like, the first season but wasn't it, very good. But That one's on to, like, its third or fourth season. Yeah, it is on its third or fourth season. But here's my point, is that they were committed to keeping the Marvel brand on 
network television right. that had value beyond the ratings. And I wonder, because sometimes shows last longer than you'd think because they hit a demographic really, really hard and you can sell it to advertisers. Sure. CBS sort of lived on this in the 90s or like Touched <laughs> by an Angel. Who watches it? A very specific demographic with a very specific group of advertisers look, look, who aren't met by any other show on TV right now. Look up how many seasons Walker Texas Ranger Oh my god! Because oh I think it was like 19 or 20. And it was, it was consistently insane. like number 17 in the Nielsen ratings. Like it wasn't, <laughs> but it was never great, but it was always like, really? Yeah, People are just home on Saturdays? It's like wings. Yeah, wings. <laughs> it's just good enough. But then if it's actually like got potential to get scared and the Muppets is something where seriously why didn't you keep that show on the air I mean, the ratings weren't were the ratings crap well the, the, were they that bad I I, uh, I once got to talk to a, a fellow who was an executive producer on a lot of cartoon shows in the 90s Walker Texas uh, Ranger lasted 10 seasons, 10 seasons. and 197 episodes Good one of which God. was written by if memory serves was written by Paul Haggis and it involved Walker's online chess competitor is a little kid with psychic powers whose mom has been whose dead mom has been downloaded into a computer Sounds good. Okay. Typical we, episode we, is my understanding. We, we should make a, a show called Canceled Too Late. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'll just watch I, ten episodes. I'll just watch ten seasons of Walking Dead Ranger in time for, for next week. And, yeah, for a one hour out yeah. podcast. Uh, no, I, I talked to a, an executive producer. He ran a lot of uh, TV shows in the '90s. Things like during the Animaniacs era, when mm-hmm. a lot of TV shows were actually. They were being consumed by kids, but they were also being consumed by college kids. Yeah. Uh, and so there were a lot of really kind of weird, edgy, kind of daring things that little kids wouldn't understand. Stuff like Freakazoid was out of that school. Oh, or, and watch Animaniacs or, is all on Netflix right now, thank mm, God. And yeah. like, it, it amazes me how many jokes, just complete throwaway jokes mm. they would win in, that were just completely ribald. And yeah. all all they would do is they would just make some horrible thing, and they could have glossed over it. But all Yakko says is "Good night, everybody." Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, and they did that on on Tiny Toons as well. But yeah, uh, I asked him about some of my favorite shows. Like, oh, so you ran uh, you ran something called Sam and Max Freelance Police, another which, show we'll get to on the show, uh, which is fantastic and yeah. one of my favorites. And it it was always it was really fast and it was all adult humor. And, you know, it was just crazy. I think that's the only selling point they had for little kids. And I said, why did something like that get canceled? And they said, they don't, advertisers don't know what to do for something that's scheduled for a children's time slot, Saturday mornings, mm-hmm. that's not being consumed by children. Yeah. Because advertisers aren't going to want to sell in that slot to the college kids, and they don't want to start putting advertisements for college products. Right. Animated so, shows are animated shows are all about merchandising. One of yeah, my favorite so, shows... Well, all shows are about advertising. Well, That's but, where they get most of their money. So. But, like, merchandising, yeah. though. Well, well, merchandising. I'll give you a case in point. A show that we unfortunately aren't going to cover on the show because it lasted two seasons, but it's one of my favorite Cancel Too Soons, oh. uh, is Green Lantern, the animated series, which is a very well-written show. It was very good. The animation mm-hmm. style wasn't I wasn't a big fan of, but if you got into it, it was great. Uh, and apparently the only reason it got canceled, the ratings were actually really good. Mm. The toys weren't moving. Yeah. yeah. They couldn't sell the toys, so why bother making it? Because but, apparently uh, for, it's just a commercial. For, for, for my age, it's in the 80s. In college, we were, we never missed the Ralph Bakshi Mighty Mouse. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. But between the fact that I think kids didn't really get that show, and then you know Donald Wildman going after them, because there was one episode where he sniffs a flower, and they suggested that it was about cocaine. Oh, and yeah, they, yeah, they yeah. canceled it. And, and then John, John Kay was the one who got in trouble for that, I think. He, I think he, so, he tells yeah. stories about that one. But uh, this all comes back to the Muppets, because it is 
the Muppets are more or less in the mind of the public a children's property, mm-hmm. and they're putting it on prime time. And I think this is the reason they they didn't want to commit. They want to sell adult products in the late night time slot, mm-hmm. but they're also trying to sort of appeal to a younger audience. So yeah. they don't know how to advertise. Who is it? Do for they put and toy ads it? on at nine p.m.? You know, yeah. it doesn't. No, it's a good point. They don't know who. They don't know where the audience is. Figuring it's a little out, too fractured, so they're not going to take a risk. Figuring out what to do with the Muppets is mm. practically a full time job. <laughs> because yeah, you can sell the merchandise, mm. you can sell the toys, great. But when it comes down to the movies, what do you just do? Adapt another book with the Muppets as like stock players? Yes, you yes, tell that's it? what you do. I would Forever. like that. To, I would like. Okay, <laughs> I, one thing I've always wanted. I always wanted a Muppet horror movie, like a Halloween movie, mm. not scary, but like Ernest Scared Stupid type, you know, yeah. horror. Like, what if he did Muppet Dracula? That'd be great. That'd be awesome. I'd be love. I would love to see that movie. The pig and the canary. Nice. <laughs> Apparently, I was looking up. I was looking up Uncle Deadly. Is oh. my favorite character on this show. Oh, God, he's so funny. He's ridiculously funny. He's very theatrical, mm. uh, and part because he's based on the Phantom of the Opera originally. Although he reminded me more than anything of Jonathan Harris from Lost in Space. <laughs> yes. Like a, yeah. Hello, Dum Dum. If, uh, if he were a stylist, yes. Yeah. It's like you can't tell if Uncle Deadly is gay or just amazing. Like you just you know this very thin line. There was a, the episode where Miss Piggy doesn't know if she has any friends, and the, the Uncle Deadly's just like I'm right here. No, he's not even offended. He's just sort of flabbergasted that she's that dense. Mm-hmm. Um, part of me was like, is he actually in love with her? Or is it just friendship? Because I, if this show had gone on longer, that's somewhere I think they actually might have gone. Is yeah, that there's, okay. a, there's a closeness there that might have been confusing? He's kind of like Valerie Cherish's makeup agent. He's yeah. uh, mm-hmm. I, or makeup artist. I think of him as just like sort of the loyal gay. Yeah. Or <laughs> like Thelma Ritter and all about Eve. You know? uh, well, uh, apparently, I was researching Uncle Deadly, who again doesn't have a huge history. And apparently, one of the shows that they tried developing in like around 2000 around the Muppets would have been like a Tales from the Crypt slash Are You Afraid of the Dark horror anthology series with the Muppets with Uncle Deadly as the host called Uncle Deadly's House of Badness. Oh, that would have been so great. (laughs) Wouldn't that have been a great show? Oh my goodness. What an Uncle amazing De- show! Yeah, Un- Un- Uncle Deadly had the best zingers of, of any character in this show. Like the, the one of my favorites was when Miss Piggy was behind her changing station, and she's like trying to get out of like her her corsets or her, her spanks, and <laughs> and Kermit comes in, don't come in. She's taking off her spanks, and like we hear this like stretching and snapping, and he he like very gingerly between thumb and forefinger picks up the, the spanks, hoists them up to eye level, s- addressing the spanks as. Today you've worked very hard. <laughs> and minces out of shot. It's so fantastic. I, I would say this. I think if, if, I mean, I'm inclined to say that if anybody could make variety work on television, God knows Maya Rudolph keeps trying. But, <laughs> yeah. You know, I think the Muppets are the ones who could do it. But then I liked Muppets Tonight, and obviously not enough people were watching that for it to, you know. It's, it's a show people I, like to have on, but people just don't like to watch. People don't feel the need to run home. And see the Muppets, because the Muppets are such a consistent mm. presence, you know they're always going to be there. Even if the show gets canceled, they'll come back. Well, the, There'll be another movie or something. The, the, the Muppets are 
gloriously consistent and uh, and long lived. I I feel about the Muppets the same way I do about the characters from Peanuts. Sure. In that, no matter what you do to them, no matter how you try, like we were talking about the cynicism and how that's sort of not in the spirit of the Muppets, but the Muppets can outlive that. No matter how you try to change them or how you sell them or how much they're overexposed by gobs of merchandise, there's still a sort of childish purity to those characters. You always want to come back to them. They're always mm-hmm. still friendly it's in, funny. in I, this way. When I used to run a film festival in Dallas, we had a children's festival and we did, I think, the very first public screening of Muppet Treasure. Island. Nice. <laughs> like the, the 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 sound and the picture were on two different reels. That's how early in the process it wow. was. Wow. Anyway, so we, I did a Q&A afterwards with Brian Henson and Jim Hart and I think Hans Zimmer and Jim Hart talked about the challenge of writing for the Muppets <clears throat> is that he would come up with lines of dialogue or ideas mm. and that somebody, from, uh, Brian or one of the other Hensons would with a complete stone face say, Kermit would never say that. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't know about that those characters can survive anything, but I think there's definitely people who are making sure that they uh, remain form. within so, us. Well, yeah, there's there's so. specificity to a lot of the things we take for granted about the Muppets are actually very mm-hmm. calculated. Uh, I interviewed Kermit on camera once. <laughs> Which was one of the best experiences. I, I, I also got to interview him once. It was nice. Yeah. After after like my first few celebrity interviews, and I kind of got used to it, and just finally grabs. They're just people too. We can have a casual conversation. It's nice. Kermit's like one of the only times I've ever been nervous. Well, sure. Yeah. Because not only was I interviewing Kermit, I was interviewing him on camera. Yeah, There's something yeah. so cool about it. Did, and did, this, you, did you wear a hat and a trench coat like in Muppet Newsflash? Oh, I should have. <laughs> that been I, wore, I wore a suit. and uh, But one of the things, I, I asked him two things, actually. Mm-hmm. One was, uh, when, when Jason took Manhattan, did he take it from you guys? Uh. <laughs> and he was just like, we'll just let him have it. He was kind of dodged the question, but it was a good question, I thought. But the other thing I asked, and this was just for me, it was a pure geek mm. moment. It was one of the happiest moments of my life. I asked if we could do Muppet Arms, which is oh, when you go, yeah, 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 yeah. and you wave your arms uh. frantically. Mm-hmm. And what he said was, and, this is, and he said it as Kermit, he was totally in character. Mm. Kermit said, uh, uh, well, you, you can't just you can't just uh, do Muppet Arms. You have to ramp up to it. So like, I'm Kermit the Frog, and I'm here with Bibs. Yay! Like you have to ramp. And I was actually I actually I meant to at the beginning of this episode ramp up to Alonzo. <laughs> I was gonna say we're here with Kids to Sin, and we're here with Alonzo Duraldi with Little Liam Knife. Yay! We're the very special guest. Sorry, I blew that one. No, that was on me. That was on me. I should remember that. <laughs> <laughs> Your well, one chance. So I, 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 I guess the I guess the question comes down to uh, was, was the show canceled too soon? I say absolutely. Yeah. I think I think that if we can, because given that this show has such a marked trajectory of where it started and where it wound up, I think they were they were getting it. They were they they were listening to criticism. They were figuring out mm-hmm. how to make it work better. And, I and think, they weren't just kowtowing to fandom either. They well, were exactly. they were applying the criticism and effective way to right. make the show better. Yeah, it wasn't just like, oh, sh- we've got all these stupid studio notes we have to implement. They they were actually steering the boat in a way that that made it more Muppety. Mm-hmm. And, and it was very organic. Like When they made the show, I, I'm saying it was canceled too soon as well. I think you are yeah, as well. Yeah, um, it, it, it deserved more than I got. But it was very organic. When they made the show, the, the show within the show, uh, Miss Piggy's show, uh, more like the original Muppet show and mm-hmm. that it had more sketches and everything like that. They actually dealt with it. They actually mm-hmm. result- talked about how that was affecting Miss Piggy that she wasn't in the limelight as much. You know, mm-hmm. that was a good idea. And, and, and well, and it was also helpful that 
in the early episodes, it was a little too focused on specifically the relationship between Miss Piggy and Kermit, mm -hmm. and just and Fozzie. It was just those three characters. And yeah, they, they every, were the principals. Everyone else were just sort of like ancillary background characters, and by including all of the other characters, all of a sudden they got a lot more screen time. Mm -hmm. It felt more like an ensemble again. They applied the lesson they learned mm -hmm. in Muppets Take Manhattan, which was, what's something wrong with the play? More friends! More animals! <laughs> and I want more sketches of Bobo reading Kim Kardashian tweets. <laughs> that was a really good one. That was a great... Okay, here's my thing, though. Okay, it, Bobo. Sex symbol? Yes, because they, oh, they, yeah. they gave him he's like, a bear. They gave him, he's a bear, and they gave him like a really nice chest and he's really very big, huggable, yeah, burly thing. Really yeah. Someone, somebody out there is doing like um, Bobo Sweetums shipping. I'm sure. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yes. The here's my thing though. Where does the show mm. go? Because again, we've done mm. the whole the networks kind of trying to screw them. We're fixing the show. Mm. What what would you have wanted to see? Because this is our this is our thing. If the show lasted a hundred episodes, mm. where does it go? My one idea, but says you do like maybe one more season of like the Muppets. Now that it's hit the sweet spot, mm -hmm. one more full season like this, and then the next season after that, every season afterwards, they do a different kind of TV. So like you mm -hmm. did like the season three of the Muppets <clears throat> isn't doing The Office anymore; it's doing Twenty Four or Lost. <laughs> uh, that's that's a little art. It's a fun idea. I think it's a little. Well, arch, you want to yeah. see the like, Muppets like adapt more books? Why not have do them oh, adapt yeah. more TV? I think it'd be a really I, fun I, idea. Keep it fresh. I think that Thirty Rock uh, very cleverly was able to <laughs> comment on the ever changing nature of NBC. Mm. You know, uh, moving from the Shinehart Wig Company to Cable Town. <laughs> uh, I think that the ABC Disney universe would have provided them a very rich yeah. tableau yeah. to kind of goof on. Yeah. Um, and I think also the possibility of the notion that network shows are dying and that Miss Piggy would now have to do her talk show on Netflix like Chelsea. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, or something. That was another good camera we didn't talk about when Chelsea Handler oh, dated Scooter. 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 That, was really, <laughs> right. that, that was a good one because you see where it's going. Oh, Chelsea, she's kind of like ribald and blue and Scooter's the nicest guy. Mm -hmm. And they twisted it just enough that she's super into that. And he was really... Thrown away, and they even implied that they were gonna have like a long distance thing. Well, they never, never, never went back to that. I was kind of bummed. I was kind of hoping they would maybe, like bring that back maybe somehow. Season two, you know, maybe they would have. I just have you know scooters occasionally text her or something. I don't know. Could have been a thing. I did like all the. I did, you you mentioned it earlier. The running joke of scooter and <laughs> his mom's boyfriend Ken. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Not somebody else use the bathroom. Ken. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the Muppets. So the Muppets, the Muppets probably, there was several good shows that got canceled this last season. There's good shows that get canceled every season. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, the Muppets feels especially tragic because there really was so much potential. Mm. And also, it wasn't even bad. It was actually like a good show. Like the first couple episodes were kind of rocky. It got really good. Go. And it's still on Hulu, so you can still find it there as long as they bother leaving it there. If it's ever on home video, pick it up. Because then you'll own it and not have to rent it from Hulu. And if you um, honest, but if you want to see Muppets tonight, you got to contact Alonso Duralde to borrow his VHS cassette. Right. Nicely done. Although uh, a lot of it does pop up on YouTube when after Prince died, uh, the, oh. the clip of him doing starfish and coffee on Muppets tonight made the round. Nice. <laughs> so uh, we would like to thank uh, Alonso Duralde for joining us, even thank though he's you. a bit under the weather. Uh, thank you for being patient with my lack of. Uh, voice this week. Yeah, no, no worries, dude. So uh, where can we find you and all of your shenanigans? Well, of course, I co-host the Linoleum Knife Podcast with uh, Dave White, and we're at linoleum-knife.com, and you can, yeah. you can subscribe on iTunes. Um, Cameo by Dave White. You can read me at the therap, T-H-E-W-R-A-P.com. 
Uh, and um, by the time this show hits the schedule for the 2016 Outfest Los Angeles, will be up at outfest.org. Uh, check that out. Come see some movies. Uh, and also What the Flick. Oh, yes, of course. Sorry. I always forget that. <laughs> what the Flick uh, on YouTube is part of the Young Turks Network. Bibbs and I are talking about Scream this season. And maybe I did too and much Preacher. Scre- and Preacher. Maybe I did too much screaming. That's the problem. Maybe that's your problem. You know, uh, you, you could have just saved time by telling us what you're not doing. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, you can uh, find me at Twitter at William Bibiani. You can read my work at Crave Online uh, and Blumhouse.com a lot nowadays. Uh, and, of course, Whitney and I co-host the B-Movies podcast from Winston. We hail, uh, which you can subscribe to on iTunes, and that's where you can hear about uh, the latest movie news. Uh, we also do a lot of celebrity interviews on that show. We got some cool people uh, very mm-hmm. recently. Uh, who do we have? We had Dolph Lundgren very Dolph, recently. Dolph Lundgren was a fun one. Uh, we have, as of recording, we haven't recorded these people yet, but hopefully it all panned out that we got John M. Chu back on the podcast <laughs> uh, and the directors of Zootopia. So that's mm-hmm. that's really really cool. John M. Chu, Chu the the best. Living film director. Yes, and uh, and uh, also uh, you can follow us on Twitter at B Movies Podcast. Whitney, I'm Matt Whitney Seibold. You can read my reviews on Legion of Leia. I contribute to Blumhouse.com as well. Uh, if you have any ideas for future episodes of Cancel Too Soon, we have a long list, but we're always adding to it. Mm. There's always something cool we never knew existed. Uh, the only rule <laughs> is it can only have been on television for one season. Or less, even much less. Even one episode is and, and, fine. And we have to be able to see it somehow. Well, we can you can tell us about it, we'll look. You know, um, well, we have means, but if we can't find it, we can't find if, it. What are you going to do? If you know it's super obscure and it's just not available, but you have like a, a really rare DVD, uh, contact us and we'll find a way where we, we you can, can figure mail that out. it to us. That would be super, super cool. But uh, yeah, you can uh, Twitter us at the Movies Podcast or B Movies Podcast, all one word, at gmail.com. Send us an email. Let us know what you think. We are on iTunes. Please subscribe. It helps so much. Uh, and uh, if you could leave us a review, that also helps us find uh, new listeners because we're a new show, and that's really, really great. Uh, next time on Cancel Too Soon, in two weeks, we are going to be hitting you with uh, finally one I pick. Yes. Six episode. I finally get to just pick one that I just want to do. I don't care if anyone else wants to hear about it. I want to talk about this. And we're going to be talking about the Cinemax series Hot Springs Hotel. <laughs> Hot Springs Hotel is a sitcom that was actually one of the highest rated shows in Cinemax history, even though it only lasted one season. And it is about a sexy woman and her not and her less sexy brother, but he's still okay. And they get a Hot Springs Hotel and they have and sexy times. Sexiness ensues. Go to YouTube, watch the opening credits. It has one of the best TV theme songs you have ever heard in <laughs> your life. I am not kidding. It's going to be so much fun. It was released on DVD. You can find it reasonably easily, I believe. I'm not sure if it's still in print, but no one bought it, so I don't think it's on demand. Uh, it's a lot, a lot of fun. I think, so you, can find, Hot I think you can find it on Amazon for like a nickel. It's just Probably, but I love that, it and it's going to be, it yeah. taught me a lot about sex, which is going to explain a lot. Uh, so, everybody, thank you for listening uh, to Cancel Too Soon, uh, and do we have a way to end this one. Whitney. Do, 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 do. Bum, bum, bum.